0: Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile After the podcast. This is episode 129 called Stephanie G. Today's episode is brought to you by Belly, prenatal vitamins that help get your body the healthiest it can be to welcome a new little life. Belly's vitamins are formulated to optimize fertility and prenatal health for men and women through all stages of pregnancy, from conception through to post-pregnancy. Belly's revolutionary science-based formulation fuels your fertility to help support egg quality, hormonal balance, and increase your overall fertility health. And thanks to science, we know that sperm counts. Belly's four men prenatal, specially formulated with clinically proven nutrients, optimized to help increase sperm count, improve sperm morphology and motility, help with egg penetration, and boost overall fertility. To get started with Belly, go to bellybaby.com and use code ally 15 for 15% off your first month of either Belly Women or Belly Men. Again, it's BellyBaby, dot com, And use code Allie, A-L-I-15, for 15% off. Thanks, Belly. Okay, guys. So today my guest is Stephanie Gottlieb, who is a fine jewelry designer who lives in New York City. She's also a mom of two, but it was not... An easy road to get to her two babies. So she's going to share her story with us today. She's going to talk about going on Clomid, the devastating chemical pregnancy that she had on her husband's birthday, being diagnosed with skinny PCOS and what that means exactly, and what happened when they did end up doing IVF. So it's an incredible story. I want to thank Stephanie for sharing. Without further ado, this is Stephanie's infertility story. Hello, Stephanie. Thank you so much for doing this today. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share a little bit with you.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to get into your story. So I know a little bit about it, but you know, I always like to kind of start at the beginning and ask, did you always want to be a mom?
1: So I definitely always wanted to be a mom, but I am not, I'm not the girl who had like this vision of the house and the white picket fence and how many children I would have and you know, being at home with them all the time, that just wasn't really ever something I saw for myself. I, you know, I'm someone who loves work and loves what I do. So I knew that I wanted to grow a family, but I also knew that working was going to be such a big piece of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been really interesting over the last few years, kind of navigating through you know, nurturing my first baby, which was my business. And then of course being available and here for my two actual children.
0: (laughs) Right. Okay. So tell me fast forwarding a bunch, what happened when you started to try to have kids? Did you start to have problems right away? Or when did you know something wasn't going as planned?
1: So I think it was probably like most people, you know, I kind of went into it blindly, not realizing that there were so many pieces at play and that, you know, maybe I wouldn't get pregnant right away. I think we're so many of us are just kind of trained to believe that, like, if there's no condom, you're getting pregnant. And so that's sort of what I thought would happen. And I think we went into it super optimistically. My husband and I have been together since high school. So same. Oh, really? Yes. Um, Yeah. So there was never like any urgency or rush, we were never planning as kids to, you know, grow up and have babies. It was right. You
0: you weren't talking about kids in high school, right? (laughs) It was like, how do we not get pregnant?
1: Right. We had such a long journey together that, you know, we got married and still had time and traveled and kind of did everything we wanted to do. And then when we were finally ready to have kids, we went into it just thinking it would happen.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and you know, six months, Past. And I think for the first few months it's fun, right? Like you're just having more sex than usual and right. not really thinking too much about it. But as time goes on and things don't happen, certainly we started to wonder why it wasn't happening. And then it it puts this whole new pressure and perspective on what should be fun and light and exciting. And so that's kind of what happened. And you know, in hindsight, I wish I had done more research and kind mm-hmm. of spoken to an OB and learned about you know what potentially could go wrong. And I don't think enough of us are proactive about our fertility. And maybe I'm skipping ahead here too. Yeah, that's um, okay. But I didn't know to ask questions. Right.
0: So six and, months uh, into it, what was ha- was it? You just weren't getting pregnant, or had we you had a loss? We or? weren't
1: getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. I didn't really even know that I should be peeing on sticks to know when I was fertile. And honestly, my period had been so irregular for my entire young adult life that predicting that window was getting more difficult. So I consulted with my OB at some point who just kind of told me to stick with the sticks and, you know, be diligent about timing and try a few days before and a few days after, just in case it was a little bit off. So I did that and, you know, it was a year later, I was Uh frustrated and disappointed and like basically having sex was a job and my my husband and I, you know, it's, it's, it feels like so long ago now that it's, it's, um, I'm almost desensitized to how emotional and, you know, it it really took a toll. Right. My, my husband and I stuck together and mm-hmm. I don't think it hurt our relationship, but it definitely you know, tested my patience and
0: Absolutely.
1: There were moments where I didn't really want to keep going and certainly like having sex was no longer fun.
0: Yes, I can relate uh, to that 100%. I yeah. remember like sweating and crying and being like, just stick it in. Like just right. if there's nothing sexy about it, it's the least sexy sex ever in the entire totally.
1: world. And like, that's just not how it should be. And it's not how you imagine it to be. Like, mm-hmm. I remember the first time we tried, we were in France on a summer vacation and we were like, if it happens, we're going to name the baby Eden because we were at Eden Rock. Like there, oh, there's my God. Of, like fun and fantasy to it. And that just gets lost as time goes on.
0: Uh-huh, um, uh-huh.
1: So So you're doing the, it wasn't until a year in that we consulted with a fertility specialist.
0: Okay. So you'd been doing the ovulation predictor kits and peeing on those and stuff. And then, okay. So what happened? When you finally went and saw an RE or an REI, and how did you find that person? Like, did you ask friends? Or
1: cause... we found her through my OB. Okay. I've been with my OB from the time I was a teenager. Uh-huh. He he delivered me. Um, oh my god, so cool! This was someone my mom knew, and you know he he's definitely a little bit old school, but. I figured like I'm here once a year, it really doesn't matter who this guy is. Like, you know, as long as I can go and get an easy checkup and get out, like right. that's, that's all that mattered. Yeah. Um, but as I was going through the process and realizing how much time might like, need to be spent with this person and, and that I wasn't necessarily getting the, the care that I felt like I needed. Cause it, it, you know, when you're doing this and it's not working, it becomes so emotional mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not saying that a man can't do that job because I ended up working with a man in the end, um, mm-hmm. at CRM, but I just didn't feel any emotional attachment to this man. And I felt like it was time for a change. So at this, he referred me to this fertility specialist who mm-hmm. thought that we did. Oh God. I'm not, even, I don't even remember Clomid. Okay. Yep. So put me on some medication to help predict the timing of Mm -hmm. when I would be ovulating. We tried that for, we tried that. I got pregnant, had a chemical pregnancy, Uh miscarried on my husband's birthday on a plane to Hawaii. I'm
0: so Uh, sorry.
1: And you know what? I, I knew ahead of time that it was going to happen because as soon as I got pregnant or saw the, you know, pregnant stick, Uh I went to my OB. And he said, you know what? The numbers are not looking good. This oh, is wow. Going, this is going to end in a miscarriage. So like, oh. I had, I had a little bit of a heads up.
0: Yeah. Uh, How did it feel to hear those words though? That's always so, it was such a knife to the heart.
1: Yeah. And I blamed him <laughs> You know, like I just, I never wanted your
0: husband or the doctor.
1: No, the doctor. (laughs) Oh, okay. I I just never wanted to be in that office again. Mm -hmm. I felt like he was so cold and like straight with those facts, and Mm I, I wanted like a little bit more of a loving, Mm -hmm. kinder voice. Tell bedside manner. And yes, the bedside manner was missing. Yeah. Uh, And so that happened, and as soon as we got home from our trip, I switched my OB. I continued seeing this woman uh-huh. and I, I kept going with her. We did the Clomid, I think three times.
0: Did you have any bad reactions with Clomid? Because so many people I talked to, it's like, there's like the Clomid crazies, or it makes like, somebody said they felt like the incredible Hulk. Like it just made them so angry.
1: <laughs> I didn't. But at that okay. point, like, who knows if, if what I was feeling was from that or right. just the, the general, like being exhausted of this whole process
0: completely. Yeah. Um,
1: And so I don't remember the exact timing, but Uh eventually I was in my office complaining to a client about what I was going through and how frustrated I was and Mm -hmm. that it just wasn't happening. And I didn't know what to do anymore. And she had just frozen her eggs. And she said, you have to meet with this doctor, Brian Levine at CCRM. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. He will handhold you. He will, he will make you feel confident and he'll help you understand what's going on. Right. It's, um, that
0: must've been a relief to, to feel like it was. I'm going to finally find somebody who's like a teammate, you know, it like was.
1: and at, at first I was like, you know what, I'm already working with someone like we're, we're kind of trying different things. I'm going to see this out. And then I think two weeks later I had somebody else in my office. And of course this was very much top of mind. So I'm, you know, venting again to mm-hmm. somebody who mm-hmm. I was close enough to vent with. And she mentioned CCRM again. It was a different doctor, but I was like, all right, if there are two people in my network going to this group, then I need to see what's going on here. Right. Um, okay. So, so I did you, make an appointment.
0: Yeah. And, and what happened like when you guys went in, did your husband go with you or? My and the husband reason I, went with me. Okay. The reason I ask is because mine, I went alone because my husband was not on board with doing IVF at first after all we'd been through. So it's... It's just interesting. Like he was like, you go suss it out and report back. And I was like, okay.
1: My husband was probably more proactive than I would have been.
0: Mm, Um, Interesting. He
1: he was the one who suggested we reach out to, you know, the higher powers of (laughs) (laughs) specialists. I was of the mindset that like, when it's, when it's meant to be, it will be, but you know, thank God he sort of forced my hand a little bit. Yeah. that all the pieces came together. Right. When we went to Dr. Levine, like the first thing he said is like, you have classic symptoms of someone with what they call skinny PCOS or thin PCOS.
0: Okay. So did Um, he explain what that meant to you?
1: He did. And I'm not even going to try to explain it to you. (laughs) I don't know how familiar you are, but I yeah. It in a in an eloquent way, so I'm not going to. Okay. Um, but essentially, the typical symptoms you see for somebody with PCOS are symptoms I don't show, mm-hmm. and so most doctors wouldn't even think to explore that avenue because I don't look like that typical patient.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so like my first instinct was just pure rage that like I've been seeing one OB for my entire life and never has this come to light. I just went to another fertility specialist who I've now been seeing for six months. We just did an IUI and at zero point in the conversation, did PCOS come up? Wow. Here I am sitting at my first meeting within 10 minutes, this guy can tell me what's wrong with me.
0: Oh my god, I would have been so frustrated as well. Because, as was. everybody knows, like when it comes to infertility, like timing, the time is just ticking and passing you by. So, like any time that's wasted just adds to the complication of this and the frustrations of it.
1: A hundred percent. I was yeah. just, I was purely mad that nobody else stopped to say what's going on here. Why isn't it working? And right, would this be an option. Right. And so like from that first meeting, I met with one of the most incredible nurses on staff and Dr. Levine was just, his personality is magnetic. Like he Mm -hmm. was just so kind and so confident and so comforting. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like we knew instantly that we wanted to do this with him. If someone was going to get us pregnant, it would be him. Right. Um, And we like jumped right in.
0: Yeah. So what was the plan?
1: he, he said like from the start, like you will get pregnant. This is going to work for you. You just need a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. Um, at that point, like I wasn't getting regular periods at all. So Mm -hmm. those ovulation sticks were doing absolutely nothing for me. I was completely missing the windows, trying at the completely wrong times. Mm -hmm. And so we planned to do IVF. And when we, you know, did the egg retrieval, we ended up with the best case scenario, like mm. so many, I think we had, I think we ended up with like 19 fertilized eggs.
0: Wow. That's incredible. Um, so wait, just backtracking just a little bit. was How did you do with the stims and the meds and all that leading up to the retrieval? Right.
1: That's the part that I like black, blacked out from my mind. So it's
0: I know it's hard to remember too, all there. these, you know, years later it is. I I forget it's- all the details of mine too.
1: I remember. So the first few times there was a nurse that I loved. She was so, so sweet and gave me her cell phone number and said, if you have any problems, text me. So she came over for the first few times I did it Mm -hmm. and I didn't want my husband to do it. I like, I I don't know why, like he's, he was actually pre-med before he wasn't, but like Mm -hmm. he loves medicine. Like he totally could have done it. No problem. But for some reason I had this like, Instinct that I had to do them myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like if the door was open or I could like hear him in the background, I couldn't do it. I had to just like be alone in the bathroom with the door closed and pure quiet.
0: Yeah, I get that. Um
1: I don't know, it was just like this moment for myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember like having to talk myself up like, you can do this, mm-hmm. it's not so bad. And I, I think the worst part was not like sticking myself with a needle but like seeing the bruises afterwards yeah. and having that like stick with me for weeks and weeks on end. Yep. It was just like this constant reminder in the mirror that like I was having to do this every day and yeah. there were definitely days where like I would just sit there for 30 minutes like be you know almost like right before you jump into a pool or take a dive like you like you have that right. like, moment where you stop yourself. Uh-huh. And I just remember that moment like over and over again. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's so interesting. So did you have any friends who you could talk to or like anybody who was kind of going through this while you were going through it or like, what was your. I
1: didn't. Yeah. And I remember, so I'm the oldest of my family Mm -hmm. and my family is not like super open about Mm -hmm. these types of things. And like, even telling my parents, we were going to do IVF. I remember like, it was a big deal to have Mm -hmm. that conversation. Like it was like a sit down dinner with the, with me, my husband and my parents, like Mm -hmm. we we talked about it. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really sharing with anybody Mm -hmm. and I was in a place, like, I think so many of us are Mm -hmm. of like embarrassment that I had to do this and that it wasn't working for me and that all these people around me were getting pregnant. No problem. Right. I think. Luckily for me, I was, my husband and I were like the first of our friends to get married. So we were also at the beginning stages of our friends trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful for that timing because had I been a year later where, you know, all my friends had kids, this would have crushed me.
0: Like, Yeah. That's such a good word for it. It is crushing. crushing. It's crushing when people around you are seemingly, you know, there's those people like, oh, I just looked at him and sneezed and I got pregnant. And, and you're I just mean, like,
1: Literally happened to my best friend, like yeah, after I was pregnant. So like the timing was right for me in that sense. Right, um, understandable. But I do remember regardless of like what my close network was going through, like every Instagram post, every Facebook post of a baby announcement felt mm. like a personal attack. Like I, yeah. I was in such a dark place that I couldn't be happy for other people. I yep. like skipped my friend's kid's birthday party. Cause I just didn't want to be surrounded by little kids. Like I was, yes. I just wasn't in a good place. Yes.
0: Thank um, you so much for saying that because I know so many of us feel that way, but it's not talked about a lot and it's okay to feel that way. You okay. don't have to go to the birthday party. You right. can be not happy for somebody that's and or you can be happy for someone and not happy for yourself you know it's it's so complicated yeah. so i think that it's so important to normalize those feelings and let anybody listening know that it's okay to skip the baby shower it's okay to feel attacked when you see a bump picture you know
1: 100% yeah and it, it's also like just something to know and you know hopefully this provides a little bit of light is that like when it does happen or when you find your journey all of that goes away, you know, mm-hmm. or it did for me, at least like yeah. I, I even talking about this now, a couple of years later, I, it takes me a minute to remember mm-hmm. all of that and all of those feelings.
0: Yeah. That's um, so good to know. Okay. So, so you did I the retrieval. Started,
1: when I started, I was not sharing with my friends because I, I didn't want to also have to share that something didn't work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes so a lot of sense.
1: When I was doing the shots, I hadn't told my friends yet. I didn't tell them until we did the egg retrieval and I had some good news and, and Dr. Levine made me feel pretty certain that it was going to work on the first try. Mm -hmm. So I did tell them and they were really good about not asking questions. And I kind of prefaced it by saying like, this is what's happening. You know, I'm, I'm basically, I'm going under anesthesia. So like, I want the people who care about me to know.
0: Right. Exactly. Um,
1: and I don't really want to be asked any other questions. Like when I have something to share, I'll share. Yeah. And so like, I got like a couple of, you know, just making sure you're good and checking in on you. And that was enough right? to like know that my friends cared and were thinking about me, but it wasn't until I had, you know, that the stick that said pregnant that
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I actually shared with more people.
0: Right. So um, did it end up happening that first time?
1: It did. It, okay. did. it worked wow. all, all this. All of this time, I was also doing um, acupuncture. I kind Mm -hmm. of forgot about that too. Mm -hmm. And my acupuncturist was more of like a therapist than anything else. Um, And just like someone who I felt like I could confide all of these feelings in. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she shared the entire journey with me. So there was that one person I was talking to. It just wasn't someone who I previously had any relationship with, but it was nice to have that. Completely. Who wasn't my husband?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so what did it feel like when, you know, you went through the retrieval and then did you do a frozen transfer or fresh?
1: CCRM does something different than what other. Okay. Others do. They okay. like wait longer. They allow it to develop further. Uh huh. And I think that gives them more insight into like the health of the. Okay. Embryo.
0: Do you know if you had your embryos tested genetic testing? We
1: did. Yes, okay. we did. So okay. You know, we were only putting in we asked Dr. Levine to just pick the healthiest of the bunch, didn't yeah. really care if it was a boy or a girl. Yeah. We had some insight that the boys were looking healthier than the girls. So uh-huh. we kind of had a feeling it would be a boy, but didn't learn that until later. Yeah. But yeah, it worked. Oh my God. And I
0: just how did it feel when you saw that positive beta or the positive pregnancy test? Did you test at home before you got your beta?
1: No, we went okay. to him. Yeah. Um, I think it was disbelief. It was obviously like pure elation Mm -hmm. and, you know, it just, I was sort of expecting it to work because of how confident Dr. Levine seemed. And I can only imagine how crushed I would have been had it not been Mm -hmm. successful. Right. Um, but he really, he really made me feel like this was going to work for me. And it was, it was just the best moment. It really was. That's and it so, felt like it just felt right.
0: Right. That's so good. I'm so glad you guys had such a good relationship. And like I said, like working together as a team and him he giving was, you confidence. That's it, so important. It
1: continues to be yeah. amazing. I think like when you are going through any fertility journey, those members of the team, like they become like family mm-hmm. with them so often, like mm-hmm. even the people drawing my blood every two days and right. you know the nurse that allowed me to text her when I was needing to ask about medications or, you know, how much should I do of this? And Dr. Levine still is like my go-to for all medical mm-hmm. questions. He refers me to every doctor I see. I just trust him implicitly. So I I feel really lucky that I found them.
0: That's so great. So your firstborn is how old now?
1: He is 3.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what was what was that like when you finally, you know, how was the pregnancy and when you you gave birth and finally had that baby that you'd been wanting for so long in your arms? How did that feel? And it how did your amazing. husband feel?
1: It was so amazing. I mean, you can't describe the feeling of having your first child there's so many question marks. You just have no idea what to expect, no matter mm-hmm. how much people try to explain to you what you're about to go through. Right. And yeah, I mean, it, it was amazing. It was, it's just unlike anything I can describe. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And it's Jordan is, you know, he's my little rainbow baby and Aww. rainbows have always had like a a place in my heart. Yeah. Aside from infertility and my miscarriage experience. But like, I, I feel like that kind of all came together too.
0: Yeah. That's so wonderful. So after you had him, did PCOS continue to like rear its ugly head or like, did your cycles get regular or like what happened next?
1: My cycles did not get regular. They still are not regular. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided not to go back on birth control just because I, I really like the way I feel not on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm scared to go back on it. And that is how I had my second child.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. So you didn't do like assisted reproductive?
1: We did not. Okay. Goldie's now, she'll be one in two weeks. She was a complete surprise and I didn't find out I was pregnant until I was 10 weeks.
0: Oh my gosh. Wait, wait, tell me about that. Let's unpack that a little bit. So what happened?
1: I guess we, we had sex. (laughs) Right, right, right. Okay. You know, 10 weeks later, I couldn't button my pants and I looked in the mirror and I was like, I'm either gaining a lot of weight or I'm pregnant. And I fully didn't believe that I was pregnant because I was I was led to believe that like, I really can't get pregnant on my own, that I need this assistance. Right. I already had an appointment scheduled for April this Uh past April, like to Uh go back to Dr. Levine and put our plan together for this summer. I would have started IVF again. Okay. And so I, I took a pregnancy test. It was the day of my husband's birthday, like two years after that first miscarriage.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And it said pregnant. And I did another one and I was hiding it from my husband because I didn't want to like get his hopes up unless it was real. You're right. And I texted Dr. Levine a picture and I was like, can this be, Ugh. um, and he was like, it, it totally could be the line is faint, but it looks like you might be coming oh. on Monday. So he was the first person who knew before Brett, that's amazing. Um, but I did, I showed Brett the pregnancy test on his birthday, like right before we had dinner with all of our friends. Oh. Um, was he just and elated? Yeah. He like, I took a picture of his face, like, while I was showing him. That's awesome. And it was just like classic, so perfect. And thank God it was a healthy pregnancy. And, you know, my, my journey continues. I have no idea if I were to try again, what, that would look like, but I feel really lucky that I didn't have to do that process again.
0: Right. Oh my gosh, what a story. Before we wrap it up, I want to hear about. I know you're doing this amazing campaign with CCRM yeah. um, for their F-word collection. And I love what they say, you know, their their goal is destigmatizing the conversation around fertility, which is obviously yeah. the goal of this podcast as well. So can you tell me a little bit more about why you're so passionate about the cause? And I also want to talk about what you've created, which are this beautiful flower bracelet, which is so, just so stunning.
1: Yeah. So I didn't share at any point in my journey publicly that I had undergone IVF. The only people who knew were close family and friends who I, I felt close enough to, to share that with. And I even like went so far as to tell my close friends, like, I'm not sharing this publicly. Like, I don't really want people to know. I still felt like I was in this place of like embarrassment that I had to undergo IVF. Mm. And then I remember being at one of my appointments and seeing someone I knew in the office. Mm -hmm. And I remember like having this panic of like, okay, now someone knows that I'm here and that I'm doing this. And like, now I need to figure out this path. Like, do I tell people, do I not? And yeah. I texted her after and just said, like, I don't know how you feel about your journey, but like, I'm keeping mine pretty quiet. Like, I'm happy to be a resource for you. I don't know what stage you're at. Like, I, I just wanted her to know like where I was at. Yeah. And, you know, she wrote back like, no big deal. Like, this is my second happy, you know, I I'm not going to share with anybody that I saw you there, but Mm -hmm. I can always answer questions for you, blah, blah, blah. And I, I just, I like felt badly that I was so embarrassed Mm -hmm. to have, to have done this. And here I am, like I, it worked for me and I have this gorgeous boy and like, there's nothing to be ashamed of.
0: Right. Um, This
1: was just like my journey. And there are other people obviously who I didn't know. We're undergoing IVF who did it too. So like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. And so almost like a year after Jordan was born, I felt like I felt this need to share. I felt like I was hiding a secret and I'm pretty open on my Instagram and I share a lot of my life. And I felt like I had this like dirty secret that I've mm-hmm. been hiding for a full year. And if I... You know, if I want to be honest and I want to be forward with my followers, like this is something they should know. Right. So, we had this product that launched called the I Am bracelet, and it's this string bracelet with a little diamond on top, and each string color represents a different adjective. Mm-hmm. And so, I named the light purple the hopeful bracelet, mm-hmm. and it was sort of my my way of sharing my story and kind of reaching out to my network and community and telling them that like, I did this, this was my experience. And, you know, the hopeful is not only for others who are going through this, that, you know, they have also a success story to share, but that by sharing all of this, like we can help uplift others. We can help educate each other and we can help each other get through kind of these darker moments. Yes. Um, So that was my I am bracelet launch and that just kind of opened me up to being more of a spokesperson for, you know, undergoing IVF and having experienced this. And it allowed me to network with others who had the similar experience. And I think CCRM was kind of excited to have a new, a new face to share the story, Mm -hmm. voice. Um, Right. Because I think, like when when you see someone who you respect and admire, talk about it, somehow it makes it feel better.
0: One hundred percent. Yep.
1: So, you know, working closely with CCRM has just been part of my like after journey. Like I want to, mm-hmm. you know, pay it forward and yes, I and love that. Hope, hope that others maybe don't feel so ashamed if they have to pursue IVF or any other kind of fertility treatment.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I just think it's so important to engage with others and, and mostly to educate ourselves. Cause I think so many people go into it blindly and, and don't learn enough about what might be ahead.
0: Yes. I could not agree with you more. I was so naive and blind going into it and I'm have the same goal, you know, just educating and uplifting. And I just love that I love female founded brands and I love what you're doing not only with CCRM but just in general and your message. So I can't thank you enough, Stephanie, for sharing this today. And um, I'm gonna tell and everybody
1: yeah, the, the bracelet that we're doing now. I didn't really even talk about is this flower, which to me is like a symbol of life and hope, and you know, in a very quiet and subtle way. So Mm -hmm. For me, the goal is that anyone buying it to support CCRM and and all of the amazing foundations that they're working with can do that in like a really delicate way, gift that to somebody who's going through a hard time or wear it yourself as like a daily symbol of what you're going through and you're a warrior and you can get through this and there's kind of light at the end of the tunnel. And it's just a small way that we can give back.
0: right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And Stephanie, thanks again for sharing your story. Guys, definitely check out the F Word Collection, which is at CCRMIVF.com. They're having this unique shopping event that only goes through August 31st, 2021. So that is happening right now, but it ends soon. So check it out. And if you wanna follow Stephanie on Instagram, she's at Stephanie Gottlieb. And I also wanted to tell you, as always, definitely check out Fertility Rally if you guys are looking for more support and going through your own journey, be it infertility or building your family through ART. But we are there to support you. We are here for all of it. We've got weekly support groups, two per week. We've got all these great events and just this community of women get it so check out fertilityrally.com follow us on instagram at fertilityrally. and one more quick thing if you don't mind if you haven't already reviewing and rating this podcast on apple really helps us get noticed so go over there give it a five-star rating and a very quick review and i would be so appreciative all right thanks y'all talk to you soon